Watching Podcast. I am your host, the marvelous Mike Dudley, followed as always by my younger brother, co-host and cohort. Marcus Dudley, MD3, checking in on you. What is going on out there in podcast land? We are broadcasting live, as always, from the What You Been Watching studios right here in Tallahassee, Florida, in the shadows of Dope Campbell Stadium, amongst probably some canopy roads somewhere <laughs> that lead us back to you, old Tallahassee. What's going on, though, man? Chilling, chilling, man. Uh, getting ready for uh, some of this hot, hot, hot weather we got coming through here. And I know this is... a uh, not usually the avenue we take where we just immediately jump into boring talk about the weather, but it does. It is worth noting that uh, it's pretty miserable. Also, we're getting older, and that's just going to be one of those things. You know, like we're just going to come in here and be like, "It's hot out there." Yep, sure is. Mm-hmm. But you know what's always hot is the intro to this podcast. Oh, look at that Kesta. segue! Always bright. Thank you very much for that. Uh, you can find Kesta wherever they're doing. I'm sure out there they're on SoundCloud and BandLab or something. I don't know where they're at, but you can find them. I'm sure. <laughs> You can also find us at Whatcha Been Watching Podcast at gmail.com. Where else can they find us, my brother? They can find us at Facebook.com slash Dudley Bros Podcast. That's or, awesome. you know, we out you. We out you. Oh, uh, man. So, yeah, no, outside of being hot as shit, which has been, <laughs> I was helping my buddy move from like nine in the morning to like noon, and I was drenched in sweat out here mm-hmm. in the 40s. It's fucking brutal. So, yeah. Uh, Drink lots of water. It's hot out there. Watch out for waspies. Watch out for waspies, for sure, is my advice to you. Yeah, dude. And it, it's, it sucks working in a kitchen, and then you know you go outside to get some relief or like get something out of your car, and like, oh, it's just as hot out here as it is in Probably there. hotter. Like, it, I, well, I mean, at least in the kitchen, we, you know, we have a fan that kind of circulates air a little bit. Like, outside, like, it's just hot, stagnant, muggy air. Like, like you're just walking through soup. I got so mad at somebody in the kitchen once because they had the fan blowing uh-huh. and we were all, it was at Sunny's and we were all um, doing our thing. You have somebody that slices, somebody that runs lines, somebody runs the bread grill and the, the back grill for burgers and stuff like that. Right. And this motherfucker had the fan blowing, but it was blowing all the heat off of the grill. And so we're like, yeah, what the fuck is taking so long on a meteor? It ain't done yet. And I'm like, looking, and this dude hijacked the fan and pivoted his way and it was just blowing. The, so he got cussed at thoroughly. I was like, first off, don't be stealing all the goddamn cool air. Secondly, pick up them burgers. Yeah, hurry up fucking, it needs to be hot back there. Let's go. So, yeah. It's like uh, the servers coming at like we'll we'll have uh, we have our Alexa set up in the kitchen just to, you know like play music you know get a good vibe going whatever or just ask hey Alexa play the What You Been Watching podcast is what I recommend that's right that's right uh, also that's where you can find us yeah that's all you know, Spotify yeah. Apple's if you're listening you already know that right uh, but yeah so it's yeah the, the servers will come in and start requesting all these weird bubblegum pop songs and we're like no 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 you're you're fucking up our algorithm right now yeah. We got we got Al Green. We got all sorts of cool stuff on here. We got old school Madonna and J Lo. We got waiting for the night, playing all night. It's great. Yeah, don't come in here with your front of the house bullshit. This is back of the house vibe. Don't come back here and fuck it That's up, right. please. We're playing some old school funk. Yeah, you start busting some discs. You start busting some suds back here. You you fucking worry about the music in the front of the That's house. Right. That's what I tell right. them. But I'm cold blooded like that. Um, so anyways, to dive right into it, uh, the million dollar question, the reason everyone tunes in faithfully, which we do appreciate what you've been watching, my brother, my man, I've been watching as always a lot of, uh, kitchen nightmares and hotel hell and stuff like that. Cause I love me some Gordon Ramsay. Yeah. He's, 
He's brutal. That's it's pretty much just what I turn on now when I want stuff in the background so I can just you know check in on like if I'm folding laundry or washing dishes or like bathing the dog or something like that you know just have it on in the background so I can just sort of check in and I don't even have to watch it I can just listen to yeah. Gordon Ramsay yell and scream about what's happening on screen <laughs> says so. something about you yeah. does he just have like an overall deal with he must like an overall deal with Fox because any fucking cooking show any hospitality show well, they're mean, just like Gordon Ramsay Gordon Ramsay he, Gordon Ramsay he's probably one of the more popular shows that they have going right now I mean everybody tunes in and watches everything he does so it, it, maybe it's a little you know Ouroboros you know the snake eating its tail thing like he keeps making them money so he keeps, keeps getting, getting more TV yeah. deals so more people keep watching so he makes them more money yeah no I was thinking it's about it it's all about money money no I was thinking about it though uh, I know the HBO now that HBO Max is just Max or whatever, and I was like, "Yo, I didn't know Discovery had money like that." And then mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. They own like all of HGTV. Yep. So like, anytime you're at any doctor's office ever, you yep. know, like they had that, they got uh, Food Network, like all those background shows that you don't think about, man. Like all the the crabbing shows, mm-hmm. all that shit. They own all that shit. Yeah. I was like, oh yeah, they do have my TV. Three hundred or my three hundred fifty pound twins or my man. That shit is on TLC. You know what TLC used to stand for? The Learning Channel. The Learning Channel, and that was my six hundred pound life and right. freaking Honey Boo Boo and whatever. So <laughs> I don't get it, but that's here nor there. But no, I didn't realize that those cooking shows are fucking like the Food Network alone, man. They bankrolls, man. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of commercializing and and advertising, I mean. They, they wouldn't keep making them if they weren't making money, you know? Like, like yeah. essentially, the shows... Everybody's got to eat. Well, I mean, the shows essentially don't matter. The shows are just simply vehicles to put advertisement in front of your eyeballs. That's all it is. Yeah. It, it doesn't... It's, it's, it's nothing more than a clever ploy to be like, hey, look at this shit that you should buy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've monetized our eyes a long time oh, ago. Oh, yeah. No, but the Food Network has that, too, though. They have, like, a... Probably, like, 12 rotating... Like if you watch Chopped or something like that, like every guest, mm-hmm. like well not every guest, but most of the guests that come on Chopped or like the judges or whatever, I should say the judges, not the guests, but the judges all have different, they're all on different shows where they'd be right. like Guy Fieri, that fucking guy, has like <laughs> nine different shows on there. Oh yeah, it's just... It's Never just... goes to dives by the way, only diners and drive-ins. <laughs> Doesn't go see, to a lot of dives. Go up to some greasy spoon with like, there's like cockroaches as soon as you open the door he's like we're gonna test this out we're gonna see how this yeah there's money so you know i was, yeah i kind of got off a tangent there but is is gordon ramsay your favorite of the celebrity chefs though i mean now that anthony bourdain's gone yeah yeah rest in peace that guy i just that was my mom's boyfriend I, I, he just didn't know yeah i just i always appreciated his storytelling uh sensibility and i i saw him li- uh when he spoke at uh florida state one year oh yeah oh yeah yeah it was it was really really good um i uh i got to ask him where the best place, like one of the best meals he's ever had. I was like, you know, gun to your head. I'm sure you get this all the time, but what's the best meal you've ever had? And you mentioned some place in Spain where they do this like salted ham and then you put it on this like fresh bread from the, like the, the, the dude's mom makes it downstairs and sells it out of the like back of the, you know, out of the, the back of the house or whatever. So you get your ham, your, your slice, you go down, you get your bread and then you come back up, you get your condiments and your mustards and your Spanish, you know, this, that, the other. And he's like, hands down, after a hard night of drinking, it is the best hangover food I've ever had in my life. I was like, that sounds like a fucking plan to me. Like, I love shit like that. Yeah, he was always about the experience. And I know that's what everyone tries to capture is the experience. But he seemed to 
relish that more than anything. It's like Gordon Ramsay, for example, plays a dick on TV. You know, but not like sure. watching with the like Master Chef kids. He's wonderful with it. I think if Gordon Ramsay were like his car were to break down in front of your house, and you'd be like, "Oh, hey man, can I make you something to eat real quick?" I don't think for a single second he'd be critical of like these eggs are shit. Right, right, he'd, right. He would turn that shit off. You fucking donkey. Right. Yeah, he'd be like, "Oh, thank you very much for the ham sandwich." Like, right. I bet. I love pop tots. Yeah, like he'd probably be cool as shit. Actually, I mean, I know he's playing a character. It's right. like fucking Stephen A. Smith on sports. It's like I hope you don't act like this shit all day every day. <laughs> your circle would be a little too small for me, pal. But no, nah, Anthony Bourdain was was the correct answer there. Yeah, so, yeah, but. yeah. And and I, I always liked the, his shows. Um, he had a very cinematic eye. Like you could tell that he was a, a, a lover of, of movies and cinema and, yeah. and sort of directorial auteurs. You know, uh, Hitchcock and and Coppola and 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 uh, Oliver Stone. Like like just all the like he would try to shoot certain scenes in like, oh, we're going to go for an Oliver Stone shot here. This is going to be the classic Coppola, you know, pullback. Or this is going to be... Coppola fade? Yeah, the Coppola fade. (laughs) Or fades into the Godfather's mustache. (laughs) Right, right. The bushes. (laughs) Right, right, right. So, so yeah, I I always liked his show because he had a very cinematic eye. And and like you said, he... Yes, it was about the food and about like the process, but it was yeah. also about the culture behind it. Yeah, that's like, what I'm. That's where I kind of drew a blank at. I was trying to explain it better. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like uh, explaining like here's why this food is so important to this particular region because like, you know, it it it's like the, everybody's grandma has this recipe, right? You know? So if you're eating spaghetti and meatballs, he's like, oh, and then we. It's like, hey man, these people grow these tomatoes. Like this, the tomatoes right. that they're growing also fuels their wine business that they run. Or you know what I mean? Like it helps put a roof over their head. And right. They, and they like, make it into the sauce. Right. Their they pasta, sell, like yeah. they made this pasta three days ago, like and had it out drying this whole time. So yeah. that by the time we showed up, it's ready to go, and they don't have to, you know go through the whole process of like, cool, you guys want spaghetti? Cool, come back in three days when the noodles are dry and the tomatoes are ripe and the, you know. Yeah. No, he's a G, man. He, he, I feel like he truly understood what it was all about. Like, as we always talk about, like, you know, watch a movie, talk about it with someone you love. He's the type of dude that's like, you know, rest in peace, but seem like, yo, man, have dinner, enjoy it, drink up. Right. Like, you right, know, have right, a right. second one, fuck it. You know? Right, 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 so, right, right. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah, so Kitchen Nightmares. Kitchen Nightmares, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, what else have you been watching, my guy? Oh, man, what else did I see? Uh... Oh, oh, that's right. I recently rewatched the classic uh, Vince Vaughn film, Dodgeball. Oh, that is a classic, man. Yeah, yeah. I Average love that Joes. Yeah. Purple Cobras, yeah. <laughs> boom, boom, Class, yeah. Boom, boom. I think they're, they just greenlit a sequel, actually. They've been talking about doing a sequel of that for years and years and years. I think it officially got greenlit, but we'll see. I hope it's so. It's a believe it when I see it kind of situation. Like Friday 4. Well, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Still Friday in? Uh, yeah. Friday the 13th, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> I think that they've yeah, already got one. <laughs> run into some patents on that or some copyrights on that one. <laughs> they should, though. Why not? Hey, just why not? cross the streams. Let's yeah, do it. Like, yeah. <laughs> We all we all wanted to see it happen. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Damn, not- day day. Why you go kill by? Why you get killed by Jason, son? <laughs> Is that your mic up? Who knows? Your uh, ice, my ice cube. cube. Sure, why not? Yeah, why not? But uh, no dodgeball though. Tell me what you think, man. It holds up. I mean, it does. You know, it's again, it, it's classic underdog story. Literally, uh, you know, 
Shout out to Joe's. Justin Long. Shout out to Justin Already Long. won a couple yeah. underrated performances That's of the right. week. Steven Root is great in that. He's great in everything. Uh, uh, I forgot Alan Tudyk was the guy who played the Pirate. Steve, Steve. the Pirate, yeah. yeah. My, my man Hank Azaria is in it, too. For That's right. He plays I, the young Patches of Houlihan. Right, in the like old 1940s. Yeah, like, duck, dive, dip, dive, and dodge. Dodge. <laughs> or dodge, duck, dip, dive, and you pause this for a second. Dodge. <laughs> He's the best, man. I fucking love Hank Azaria. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, yeah, so for those who maybe don't know, just brief synopsis, uh, uh, Vince Vaughn owns a gym. and Average Joe's gym. Average Joe's gym. And it's, you know, it's going into debt and foreclosure. And Ben Stiller's character who runs, uh, what's his name? Dwight. Dwight White? White Goodman. White Goodman. That's it. That's it. White Goodman. Uh Owns this like Globo Gym. Globo Gym, yeah. It's it's the equivalent of like Golds or Planet Fitness or whatever. And uh, he basically tries to hostile take over the average Joe's gym, and then they find some sort of loophole or if they can pay like a hundred thousand dollars worth of the debt, then they can keep the gym. And they figure the best way to do that is dodgeball tournament. Chaos ensues. Yeah, because the plot needs to focus on dodgeball with right. a title called called dodgeball. Right. Right. Um, right. No, it's, I fucking love that movie, actually. I watched it fairly recently. About, uh, I think about two weeks ago, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking still holds up, man. This is, uh, Blazer. Laser. Blazer. <laughs> and Michelle. And Michelle. <laughs> yeah. So stupid. Bro, I think Ben Affleck... Or punch me. Not ben. You made me bleed my own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my Nobody own blood. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. I almost said Ben Affleck. I think Ben Stiller is the king of stupid-ass faces. Him or Jim Carrey, man. Like... I mean, Jim Carrey is is, the is, yeah. is so expressive. I mean, he can do anything. Ben Stiller is is he he might be a, a close close. Just the stupid ass faces. Not like he doesn't wrinkle them up, but his just look of looking stupid mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. just great. Like in Tropic Thunder when he's getting shot and his lips are going every which way in slow motion. Right, like he right, fucking right, commits right. to it. He does. He does sort of play aloof and confused, like very naturally. Very well, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of glad that when he lets. The, the reins go like I, I like him in in things more where he gets to play a character like Tropic Thunder or mm-hmm. like Zoolander mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. Dodgeball than I do when he plays stuff like Reality Bites or like the Heartbreak Kid or something like that sure. personally and I don't think he's bad in any one of those things I just I like it better when he's just like fuck it we're you know we're playing characters well so. but you you also tend to like a lot more of the like high bravado high intensity like very physical comedies and, and there is no historical evidence to support that <laughs> <laughs> what you talking about what you talking about I've never said I like slapsticky shit <laughs> no I do though it's a true statement it's a true yeah statement. So, so and I, I like Hartley and I think, Kid yeah, and yeah, something yeah, about yeah, Mary yeah. stuff like that I like him in all those but fucking yeah he's good but I, I I would agree with that I think he's really at his peak when he's being these really over the top silly gratuitous characters yeah. you know yeah, um, yeah. Like, like again, like Jim Carrey. I think Jim Carrey is perfectly fine, but I, I just want to see him make stupid faces and farty noises. Dude, I was listening. It was one of those quick shorts on like YouTube or Facebook or something like that, and it was talking about it. It was Paul Rudd talking about Jim Carrey, uh-huh. and I didn't notice it because then I, I went back and Googled or uh, YouTube the scene after that. But he was saying how Jim Carrey commits to bits like a thousand percent. Oh yeah, especially comedically. 
And his the part that he was saying is like, I've watched this scene a thousand times, and it makes me fucking crack up laughing every time. And it's when in Ace Ventura, when he's coming, the first scene where he's coming in with the package and he's kicking it down the hallway and like hiking it and shit. <laughs> and then I, I he said his commitment to the bit on that, and then I went back and watched it. It's so fucking funny the way he kicks it down the hallway, and he's shaking it and throwing it over his head and shit. I didn't have appreciation. He's for doing this. handstands on the yeah, <laughs> you just hear, reeling it. You just hear rattling. the grass, the glass last break inside yeah, rattling it's just rattle around it just so, yeah. says fragile stamped on the side yeah. of the box and big red He's letters kicking the shit out of it with a smile on we're his going face. downtown soccer style yeah <laughs> anyways we um so i do like that i don't know how he pivoted off of that but um we're talking about dodgeball right yeah dodgeball yeah 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 yeah, yeah. But, no i dig that movie. it's really quotable man yeah, it's it's super fun. And it's, you know, just silly irreverent, you know, juvenile humor. So I'm a Vince Vaughn guy, man. That guy cracks me up. I, I was th- I was talking about that the other day. I think he's sort of he's a great actor, but he's also a very horrible actor. I think he might be in the Nicolas Cage vein where like you don't just hire a Vince Vaughn type. You just you hire, hire Vince, Vince Vaughn. Vaughn. Yeah. And you just let him do his Vince Vaughn thing and he's gonna do it better than anybody else you could have hired to do it. I think once you let him off the range and just let him do his like his little quick mumbling things and where he just he talks really fast, but he's saying a lot, but he's not really saying anything, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Like making you feel comfortable. Like, right, 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 right. Hey, I'm hey, driving. Buddy, this buddy, 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 hey, listen, buddy, yeah. buddy, buddy, buddy. You know. Um I submit he should have been nominated for an Oscar for fucking swingers. Like, <laughs> I mean th- I know comedy movies don't typically get like the love they should, but like Agreed. Who which, was, is, which is a horrible travesty. Who else could have fucking like played that? Like yeah. he came out of left field. Like who the fuck is this guy? And it's I, still talked about I, to this day. I will like, say that I, I wonder how much of that was him acting, and how much of that was just him being young Vince Vaughn, who were you know still you know right Johnny you know. Fabs just like hey, so can you just you know that thing that you did like literally the other night at the club like Jay used to just, yeah like Jay used uh, yeah, yeah to Kevin to Smith Kevin right. Smith yeah I don't know but still my point is like you. It's underrated that performance. So oh, sure. Vince Vaughn, your performance, and Johnny Favs. You're you're both on the Johnny Favs is already on the wall. He's yeah. if he wasn't, he's been there with Renner and Ryan Gosling and Rosario Dawson. That's right. And uh, there's a couple others I'm forgetting. I apologize. Justin Long's working his way up there. I mean, Galaxy Quest alone might yeah. uh, might cement his place. I think I've mentioned it on the podcast before, but in that movie, the guy who directed it was a former D1 athlete. Um, I forget who directed Dodgeball, but um, the story is he was a, a former D1 athlete. And so they're shooting the scene where they're doing the montage of them learning how to play Dodgeball. Uh-huh. And they have one of those machines that just whips them out there. And the dude cranked it because he's like, oh, it's going to sh- play on camera, whatever, whatever. And Justin Long shot his scenes first. And so he... Oh, so he the, was getting just, just pelted in the Pounded yeah. for like an hour. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn comes on next and he takes one or two. He's like, yo, what the fuck are we doing? Like... And he's like, oh, well, you know, I want it to look real on camera. He's like, dude, they're only going to see me catching it. It's not going to make a difference. I pro- so he turns it down, and then he finds out Justin was in there taking a pounding <laughs> fucking hour. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, yo, man, <laughs> what the fuck? So Justin Long's like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm so just happy to be you. here. Do you need me to do the truck washing scene again? Like, <laughs> so once I heard that, I can was I, like... Can I sell you a Dell, perhaps? Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. wait, was he... Uh... He was the Apple guy. Apple guy, that's yeah. right. Never mind. The what dude you- you're getting a Dell guy was a different guy. <laughs> but either oh, way, that's though. right. He played young Jim Carrey in Dumber, Dumber, Dumber and Dumber Two, or like Too Young, Too Dumber. Yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but no, man. So that's when I like Justin Long. So no, Dodgeball is a, is a classic, man. The the Lance Armstrong scene, the cameo, yeah, where he's like, so I'm sure whatever. He's like, I what is it? I won the tour, uh, right. testicular like, cancer and came back I had, and won uh, the Tour brain, de France. Brain, brain pancreas and testicular cancer and all at once. beat it in six weeks or six months and then came back to win the Tour de France. But yeah, I'm sure your struggle's real. Whatever you're going through is <laughs> yeah. pretty intense. Yeah, which turns out that guy ended up being not such a nice guy. Which, with, which kind of also makes the cameo even better. Even like, better. Like, and also, weird, who give, and this is to use. Who gives a fuck about biking celebrities on steroids and he bullied people? It's what we get for investing our time in a fucking cyclist. <laughs> I hope it shatters your sport. Fuck that. He's like, oh, you made it interesting and y'all want to be mad at him? Whatever. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah. It's like people mad at him. This dude's out here doing 360 gorilla press slam dunks and you're like, oh, but like he beats his wife or whatever. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's like people that mad at uh, was it Michael Phelps, the most decorated. Oh, that he was smoking weed. Smoking weed. I was like, that's what you, you get for giving a fuck about swimming once every four years. And also, weed not a performance enhancing drug. Yeah. So the fact that he did it high as shit, even better. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's what you get for caring about dumb shit. Anyways, that motherfucker had time to like have a snack on the block. After the fucking bell had or the the whistle goes off and then like oh wait shit my bad here hold my cereal and still caught up and beat those assholes so fuck off so the moral of the story here at what you've been watching smoke weed every day yeah <laughs> damn <laughs> I had a joke to follow that but kind of no take two no, go you're ahead. Good. no you're good it was a good joke though I didn't glad you so the moral of the story here at what you've been watching after all that. Let's put steroids back in baseball. <laughs> it was better. I say, ramp it up. Yeah. Just make it mandatory. Yeah. Just start. I'm here to witness daily injections. I want to see people just hammering it out of the park. Yeah, I'm, I'm here to witness greatness. Matter of fact, let's do some like half man, half horse people. Just, <laughs> I'm talking like just straight up it's the centaurs, just equestrianoids or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just centaurs knocking shit left and right, yeah, just get, out of the state. Let's get, let's get steroids back in baseball. That's how we feel about it here. So, anyways, push the limits. Yeah, let's let's rate dodgeball since we've already. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I should probably rate that. I'm gonna give it uh, five key factors. I was gonna give it five D's. We're on see the same page. That yeah. rating, we yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> um, anyways, what else you been watching, my guy? Uh, let's see. After that, I saw probably one of the oddest and worst put together shark movies I've ever seen in you my life. You and your shark movies. I do love a good shark movie. You're They're good. terrifying creatures, brother. I don't know if you know this, but like they reached their evolutionary peak before the dinosaurs and we're just like, no, nah, this is cool. We're just going to do this forever. Like We're good. You know what's crazy is that human beings on the timeline are, I might say it backwards, but uh, we're closer in time to the Tyrannosaurus Rex than the Tyrannosaurus Rex was to the Stegosaurus. Mm-hmm. Fucking wild. Yeah, yeah. Like, people think about dinosaurs just as this, like, utopia Jurassic Park thing that all happened at once, and they're like, oh, no, this was, like, 300 million years worth of species domination over the planet. Yeah. So, anyways. But, uh, shark movie, what's it called? It's called Black Demon, which... Is also, yeah, you should probably just not Google that if you're at work because, you know, some weird shit might pop yeah, up. Yeah, quite but, possibly. Quite possibly. But also, I saw the other black demon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Uh, so what was this made-for-TV movie or straight-to-video-on-demand? 
I I mean I I don't know that it played in theaters, but it's you know it's it's definitely one of those. It was on Amazon for like ninety seven cents, and Liz was just like, you know what we're watching tonight? Ninety seven cents worth of a movie, and I was like, sounds like a fucking like plan. A fucking Let's great do this. time to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How was it? Uh, it was ninety seven cents worth of a movie. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ninety minutes, you'll never get back. <laughs> I mean, it was entertaining just to see. Like, to its credit, I do think it went full circle to be so bad that it was entertaining. So, at the very least, I got to see how far down the rabbit hole it went. Um, did it know what it was? Like, did it know? No, that, no. Uh, they were. Man. They were. Definitely you know what trying, I mean by that? Like, if you right. did it lean into the camp, did it lean into the under budget? No, no. It? I think that they were trying to do like a a a true shark terror you know like okay i mean that, that's cool movie. too if it works but, but the problem is that one you can tell exactly that they shot it all on like a sound stage like they 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 just they fill the tank just for the water scenes or whatever and they other than that it all takes place on an oil rig and so it's just all interiors and like murky lighting and stuff like that so it just looks like a soundstage, you know, like right. a, a, a sci-fi channel movie of the week soundstage. And then for the parts in the water, they literally just built the tank and would kind of move pieces around depending on how they need to shoot the scene, you know, uh, perspective wise. But it's all pretty obvious. Um, and then the most egregious part of the movie is that they never really they never really decide what they want to do with the shark because the shark is simultaneously a megalodon, but it's also an ancient Mayan curse. Wait, what now? Yeah. But also it knows how to plant bombs and the shark knows how to plant bombs. I, yes. Does it have shark bombs? Uh, No. That'd be, that's, no one write that movie, but also someone write that movie. Shark Thumbs. Coming this summer. Shark Thumbs. Ryan Reynolds is in Shark Thumbs. Shark Thumbs. <laughs> what would be more terrifying than a shark with thumbs? <laughs> That's the tagline. Anyway. So a plant's boss. Yeah. I, I'm and, fine with one also, of those premises or two. two and of- also the shark has psychic powers that makes you see like weird hallucinogenic like freaky shit like bodies in the water and skeletons and stuff so it's ghost shark so it's ghost megalodon cursed science built shark i don't know that sounds like somebody was like and then and then and then right and they're like yeah all of that staying in yeah (laughs) or like so i wrote like four like or five different scenes but i'm not sure how to tie them together like don't worry we'll just use the shark yeah or they were like we need something that's gonna separate our shark because we can't just do a straight shark movie okay because we don't you know whatever we're gonna do a demon shark all right cool let's do that it's a possessed shark from the devil okay whatever it might be and then, like, somebody's like, also, it has psychic powers. They're like, okay, yeah, we're separating okay, it. cool, all right. They needed a but friend. But what to- if it was a megalodon that had been previously undiscovered? Yeah. Yeah, somebody needed, they needed a better friend to be like, all right, guys, let's <laughs> right, focus in a little right, bit. Right, right, right. Yeah. We're going to be a punk rap group that also does acapella. Like, what? Let's, yeah, what? <laughs> can we, what? <laughs> yeah, even Skittles all taste the same. <laughs> You know what I mean? There's some variety in the bag, but goddamn. In terms of color, well, like the flavor, you know what you're getting. You feel me? <laughs> Come on. Oh, oh yeah. Lord. Black demon psychic. Well, how does he plant the bombs? Back to that. 
Does he I, use I his mind control? I don't, I don't even know. Just, it was. Does he have shark I, minions? I, no, no, no shark minions. But for some reason, uh, he just decides to focus in on this one family because of. Also, it's an ecological disaster revenge movie because the shark is pissed off that this oil rig is polluting his waters or whatever. So I don't know. Fuck it. You yeah. tell me. Fuck you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> He has a 97 cent movie. <laughs> you know what though, man? I'll say this, and I was listening to somebody talk about it today. If you look at the new medium in terms of digital stuff, mm-hmm. man, that is digital real estate that that person, whoever is getting money on the back end of that movie, will receive for the rest of their life. Oh, at least as long as it's available in some sort of streaming or purchasable format. Sure, yeah. So that's some shit, isn't it? I mean, so when we making our movie, bro, exactly. let's do this. Exactly. So, yeah. But anyways, yeah, so Demon, any other thoughts on Black Demon? What is that the name of it? Oh man, it's uh it's it's got um the only star power it has in it is uh not Josh Lucas, who am I thinking? No, Josh Lucas. Is it Josh Lucas? So that's what we were in. Yeah, yeah, not, the guy not from... Lucas Black, but Lucas Black is the guy from Tokyo Drift. Yep. And uh he was also in Jarhead. Legion. Yeah, in Jarhead, yeah. Yeah, the uh the poor what was it? The poor man's Josh Hartnett. That's what I said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lucas Josh Lucas. Josh Lucas. He was in Sweet Home Alabama and yeah. uh some other stuff. A bunch of other stuff. He's snap famous. Look him up. Yeah. Whatever. Fuck you. It doesn't yeah. matter. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I'm gonna give that uh one too many shark powers. Fair rating. Yeah. Fair rating. Yeah, one too many shark powers. All right. Um, after that, the only other thing, and we can kind of talk about this later because I know you have a little bit of insight in this. I watched all three of the Creed movies back Ooh, to back to back. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, let's definitely come back to that one. Yeah, I know you haven't necessarily, I don't think you've seen the third one yet. No, I was supposed to. It's okay. It's all right. But, I, I have a lot to say about it. Okay, so okay. We can get into that. But uh, we, can, we can put that on the shelf right now. Uh how about you, my brother? What you been watching? Oh, what a fine question. Uh, before I get into anything like proper movie-wise, I don't, we don't really bring up a lot of YouTube and shit like that, but there was something cool that kind of caught my eye. Um, I just want to give a proper shout-out, because actually I did kind of roll with it. As you guys know, I'm an NFL fan. This guy, Tom Grossi, he's a sports... Grossi. Po- Grossi. <laughs> yeah, he's French Canadian. No. Uh, he's a... Uh, he does a, uh, a sports podcast or whatever, mm-hmm. or a sports show on YouTube, whatever like that. Uh, he came up with this brilliant idea to go to, um, there's 32 teams, but two sets of teams uh, share a stadium. The ones in New York, the Jets and the Giants share a stadium, and the Los Angeles Chargers and Los Angeles Rams share a new stadium. So, his idea... It, I didn't even know that it was Los Angeles Chargers. They, they, it was like two years ago, but yeah. Oh. They moved from San Diego to... And yeah. now the Raiders are in Vegas? Vegas, yeah. Okay, all yep. right. Fun. What a great town to host the Raiders. I can't wait well, to see makes the sense. Raider Nation come to Vegas. Oh, it's going to be great. Well, this was, Mad Max dystopian uh, society. Great. Yeah, you lived great. out in Alameda, California, <laughs> so he's pretty familiar. But um, No, but this dude had a really cool idea, and he, um, he went to go see all 30 NFL stadiums mm-hmm. in 30 days. That's cool. Yeah, and he did it in a way that he was uh, raising money for St. Jude. And so he ended up raising like half a million dollars. I think his the, the thing was going on maybe till the end of this week or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it was just him and another dude doing it. And it was really kind of inspirational in the sense of like, 
he he's a little bit of a dork. He was talking about like chaotic good, which I, I mean dork in the best way possible. Sure, like, yeah, yeah. One of my own types. Uh, he was talking about oh, we're gonna bring some chaotic good. And it was cool because he had mentioned in his, he did it daily. It was not like he just uploaded the video. It was every day for 30 days. Sure, sure. A video from yesterday was being posted. Sure. And so you were just kind of going with him on this journey. And he had reached out to all 30 NFL teams. It's called 30 in 30. But he had reached out to all all 32 teams being like, hey, you have any interest in this? And they don't know this dude from shit. He's just a content yeah, yeah, creator yeah, yeah. on YouTube. Yeah, you know? yeah, just some rando being like, Here's here's my plan. You guys in? Yeah, yeah. And he funded it all himself, like dude said that. I'm sure that was probably clutch. Like, yeah. They're like, oh, we don't have to do anything? You're just going to show up? Like, cool, yeah. Yeah, and like he, I didn't even know who this guy was, and I'm pretty hip to the sports talk show because mm-hmm. I'm a fucking dork. But um, <laughs> I just wanted to give a shout out to him because he raised a lot of money, and it just kind of was like, man, what's your excuse? Like, this dude, he said that, you know, I don't think he did it to like brag about, oh, look how good I am. But like, he said like, man, this with me funding this myself, like I put off buying a house to do this, to do right. this crazy idea. Like I've, it's cost me time and money and energy and all he did, like he wanted nothing in return. And, um, so he like did this thing they raised crazy amounts of money and it was cool. So, so what? It was just, I'm going to come to your town and if you would please donate, you know, yeah. whatever. And he had like these little things, I guess, I guess he has a pretty decent following cause sure. there was kind of the for he's a Packers fan. So he started in green Bay and so he had oh a, really? Yeah, he had a huge. I would think it would make sense to go from like one coast to the other. Like he, the way he did it made sense. It was he kind of did it by division. It makes sense, okay. like NFC North, and then heads over to the the East Coast, and then down to Florida, across to Texas, gotcha. up. For sure, Arizona. once you get into the 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 Northeast, like I mean, you could do Philly and New York in the same day, like just he hopping did, yeah. on a good train. You yeah, know? yeah, it was one every day, and so he did like fan meet and greets was what it was. And oh, okay, yeah, okay. that was kind of the thing. And um, as he was going, like he as he was doing this video thing, there was a live feed for people to donate online. Like, oh, hey, cool. if you like this video, and it was cool because as he started going, like most NFL teams are like didn't reach out at all, mm-hmm. but as it started to gain momentum people started to kind of catch wind of him because his fans were like tagging NFL teams on Twitter like, hey, at Baltimore Ravens, my man Tom Grass, hey, at Baltimore Ravens, and every day until he right, got there. Right, right. And so they started to kind of unroll. The the Ravens was the first team that really kind of unrolled the old purple carpet for him. <laughs> and like let him get, they let him see inside the stadium, like gave him a grand tour, like put his name up on the, uh, on the uh, jumbotron, like let him throw passes on the field, let him see the locker room. That's cool. That's cool. And it was just kind of inspirational. And then like the Bengals were like, Oh, we're not going to be one up. So they started to kind (laughs) of, they started giving them like footballs that were signed by players. Like, yo auction this off at your live event for charity. And people were like, Bringing thousands of dollars. Oh yeah, yeah. You got the entire you know Cincinnati Bengals to sign a ball or yeah, or, or, I mean, like you auction this jersey off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you it was get, like thousand bucks, two thousand bucks, got whatever. An original but, Ray Rice jersey. Yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> and so it was just kind of cool. It was just really inspirational, and it was. I saw them all kind of back to back to back, so it was a little bit like the same flavor each sure, time. But sure. it was just cool to know that somebody just like took it upon himself to just do some fucking good in the world. Yeah, and it was just cool to watch like. You know, we all, same thing with movies and all that shit, too. Um, when you find people with a common bond and you're like, hey, man, let's put away all of our bullshit and let's uh, come together for something yeah. good. It yeah, was yeah. kind of cool to watch, man. So I wanted to give a shout out to him. If you have any interest, donate to St. Jude. Again, I'm not here to promote his stuff, but it was Tom Grassi. It just kind of kind of made me feel like, you know, amongst all this whole violent sport. So, yeah. Well, I mean, no, man, it, I, I dig that, you know, in, in a world of cleanliness and all that other bullshit you know 
Yeah. Why not? You know, so. fucking. But yeah, it was. It's an interesting watch though. Him in the task of like it kind of also shows him like as shit comes up, and he, he had mentioned in it like. I'm sure at some point some bigger podcast studio is going to do the same thing that I did and they're going to set it all up ahead of time right, and they're right. going to have, they're gonna have more, more money. money right. And it was just him. Special guest, this, yep. that, the other. Yeah, and yeah, it was yeah. just him, uh, another dude, this guy named Johnny or whatever, two cameras and a laptop. Mm-hmm. And like so when shit went wrong, they're like, fuck, we woke up late. And he was like, all right, we're going to rent a car and we're going to drive six and a half hours to the next destination. All to like be on time for right. the fan meet and greet. Right. And right, like right. throwing Hail Marys on the way there to the NFL teams. Like, hey, at Tampa Bay Bucks, we're on right, our way. Right. We have we six hours. We are 45 minutes away. You guys going to, you know, be there? And What's then the somebody deal? gets back to him like, yeah, swing through. Like, so it was kind of cool right. to watch, man. And watching as he gained momentum, like NFL teams start to kind of catch wind and be like, Oh no no no! Like we're not getting one up by them. So right, kind of right, watching right, people right. get on board. Like Pat McAfee, love or hate the guy. Like brought him on the show in Indianapolis, which it's cool. Fucking his, he went. From I'm like, sure that boosted a lot of viewers. Like doubled yeah, his yeah, his donations yeah, yeah, in a sure, day. Right, so. Yeah. so that was just kind of cool. I just want to give a shout oh, out. Oh hey that, man, so. I, I mean, why not? I I love to see more positivity in the world. As cynical and as 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 <laughs> dark as I can be, like. It actually does, I, I do love to hear stories about that in terms of just like one dude who's just going out and making a creative difference, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's different if, if some, you know, bullshit celebrity starts throwing it like, oh, we're going to help, you know, we're going to throw a, a masquerade ball for to, to help out the ASPCA. Like, all right, but like, it's a lot more inspiring to just see some dude make do and just make something out of nothing, you know? yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But also, I do like to see people, like major celebrities, do good things too. Don't, I'm not discouraging No, I got that. you. No, what's your, it's like when Sean Penn went to go do the thing in Katrina, and he like brought it, instead of a just bringing a fuck stuff. ton of boats to get people off the fucking, right, right, he brought right. a camera crew and a boat, like, come on, man. Right, like, right, 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 right. How about you, all that money that you were going to spend on that, yeah. bring some food, some toiletries, some medicines. Some, yeah, and, and the, apparently the people that were there that witnessed him showing up were like, he had no room for us. It was right. like all camera, whatever. It was a nice deed, but whatever. Um, so speaking of sports and positivity, I started watching a show that fucking does both of them. Uh-oh. And dude, believe when I say that this show has won, like, it fucking damn near swept the Emmys. Uh, Ted Lasso on Apple TV. I still have not seen it. Do you have Apple TV? It. I do have Apple TV. Yes. I have not seen it yet. I It's it's one of those, it's on the back burner, and now that it's over, I can I can just stream it and, and plow through it. So I think at some point in the very near future, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just do that and just marathon it. It's it's worth the hype. I, I believe okay. it truly. Um, it's it's so well written and it's that's uh, not Will Arnett. Who am I thinking? Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. That's great right. and lovely former SNL cast member. That's right. That's um, right. Man, this guy. It's it's just quick premise of the show. If you haven't heard about it, it's an American an American football coach gets hired to go coach a football uh, a European soccer a footy a yeah a, a football club over in England Richmond. And he knows nothing about the sport, nothing about anything. Mm-hmm. And it comes to find out, like in season one, that there was a, the woman that owns it is pretty much got it in a divorce from her husband. And she's like, I'm going to fucking ruin this club because this is the one thing that my ex-husband gives a shit about. Oh. So, so she hires an, what she thinks is an idiot. 
And it's pretty much the story of this guy, Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis, just being the most charming and fucking likable guy that you genuinely root for. So just being Jason Sudeikis. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he writes it, like his analogies are really funny. He's like, that you know, that, that idea ain't worth a, 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 and he says some Kansas shit. Like, you know, a velvet painting of a, this is a Ricky Bobby quote, but a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on, you know. <laughs> He's like, call me, uh, you know, Miley Cyrus because uh, I came in like a wrecking ball into your office. Like shit like that. <laughs> and um, one of the scenes that kind of initially helps you to like this guy is like the the owner, uh, this lady initially kind of sets him up for failure, obviously, and she puts him on board with this like super 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 tough beat writer, Clint whatever of the Independent, okay. and, it, and his job is to just fucking skewer Ted Lasso, and he spends the day with like him. like a spin piece basically. No, like, pretty much. Just, isn't this guy incompetent? Isn't he ruining the team? Pretty much. He, okay. Pretty much. Just to be like, this dude's a fucking moron, and like. And ultimately, he goes out and just hangs out with Ted for the day. Ted Lasso, Jason Sudeikis. And Jason Sudeikis met this guy in a taxi. And he was like, hey, what's a good spot to eat here in, in London? And this is like the previous episode. He's like, oh, what's, what's a good spot to eat here in London? Oh, my family owns a restaurant. He's like, cool, I'm coming by then. And he takes the, the beat rider to this, to this uh, spot. And he doesn't know how to order. He's never eaten Indian food before. But he's just like, you make it like your family makes it. He's like, how are you with spice? He's like, I'm good. Finds out he's terrible with spice, but eats the whole <laughs> because fuck- Indian Indian spice and oh, and American made- spice is very different. And he told him he's like, make it like your like your family would make right, it. right, of course. And, and so he fucking adds some some heat on it. Is there enough chilies in there? Nope, nope. And so the Indian dude just burns him out, and um, he sits and pretty much the beat writer says like he's the type of guy that will eat your food with a smile on his face, and knowing that it's burning him up inside, and will take one for the team. Mm-hmm. And he said, uh, the, the piece that kind of convinced everyone that, hey, this dude's okay. He said, undoubtedly, Ted Lasso will fail and the soccer team will likely be relegated. But I will not be celebrating when they do. And it's like, Damn. fuck, man. Yeah. Damn. And it's, it's pretty, and it's slowly him turning the tides of like just being decent throughout this whole thing. And it's, you find out why he is the way he is. And I won't spoil it, but it's, it's really powerful, and it's just him like fuck. Like every time you're, you're like, man, this is almost non-believable. You find yourself roped into rooting for these fucking characters again. Okay. And okay. as much as it is a feel-good show, there's also tackle some really heavy delves into psychiatry as against why he does these things and like his his quest to just be a nice dude, and it's kind of inspiring. And one of okay. the scenes I wanted to talk about is there's a when he first gets there. Um, there's a guy who's like the equipment manager okay. and everyone treats him like shit. And this guy named is Nate. And he's like, what's your name? And he's like, dude, Nate's like, uh, me? He's like, yeah, man, what's your name? He's like, Nate. He's like, Nate, you're my guy. And he just like likes this fucking guy and makes sure. him feel like a million bucks. Yeah, yeah, And kind of gives him a chance to shine and is like, ends up kind of taking his advice because he knows nothing about soccer. And I will be calling it soccer. Um, <laughs> yeah, he knows nothing about it. He starts taking his advice. Like, I don't know, Nate, what do you think we should do? He's like, I don't know, why don't we try this? Ends up working. And uh, kind of gives the guy a platform. And like this dude was treated like shit by the whole team and everything like that. Well, it turns out later on, something happens and Nate, he calls him Nate the Great, mm-hmm. builds this giant resentment towards Ted. Because he's pretty much like, man, fuck you. Everyone likes you. You take my ideas and you spin them. So if they fail, I'm the one to blame because it's Nate the Great's idea. Right, right. But if it works, But then if it works, then you get all it, right, the glory. And right. he's like, don't you want to... Turns out there's a reason why he's such a dick, but 
So Nate snaps off on him. Um, and Ted sits there and takes it like a fucking boss. And never once, he's pretty much like, man, fuck you. Everyone likes you. So Nate's you. just screaming in his face. Yeah, just going off you. on him. And he, oi, oi. And the way he even approaches him, he's like, Nate, what is going on? Why are you so mad at me? And he's mm-hmm. like, and he doesn't yell at him. He said, I want you to understand what I'm doing so I can try to be better. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. fuck. Like, when you approach someone like that, it's like, fuck. And so Nate lays into him. And Ted just takes it. And the thing is, is he's like, okay, you're right, cool. And at no point does he do the thing that we all do. Ted Lasso, no, no, Ted Lasso would have been well within his right to explain everything that he, that he was going through and be defensive and all that stuff. Not only that, he would have been well within his right to go, hey, Nate, remember when I first got here and everyone treated you like shit and now everyone respects you and you're a, a, an assistant coach? Right. R- remember that? That was me also. Doesn't do it right. at all. Right, right. Because he practices the, the thing that we all need to do. If we do something nice for someone and we expect anything in return, it's business. Right. It's not really you're not it, you're not very yep. genuine in your in your generosity. Yeah. yeah. And if we yeah. do something kind for someone You just attached an unknown price tag to that act. Right. Or or if you have a family member that like will you know, parents, whomever, I have people in my life that especially my alcoholism, they did a lot of really cool shit for me and like really helped me through it. And then the second I fucked up, what they did is they lorded that over me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've talked about it with these people, so we're cool. I'm not sharing anything, or but, even or even little things like yeah, like hey, sweetheart, I wash the dishes, so you know it's kind of your turn to like whatever. Yeah, name your whatever. N- name what name whatever your expectation right. was in doing the dishes in the first fucking place. Like you didn't do them. Didn't do the dishes just to be generous or just to right. like make the life easier. You did it understanding that like, well, I'm going to cash this in. Right. Later. And it's bullshit. Yeah. Right. And so right, right. It's, it's not, it's not a true act of contrition. It's not a true act no. of like love or generosity. No. And so like in my case, it was people would, would do things for me and then they would lord them over me later. And I was like, that's not fair. When you did that, did you do it to be nice at the time, or right. did you do it to lord it over me later? Because right. I wouldn't have accepted it if I knew the right. price tag right. now. All of a sudden, you get hit with a bill that you didn't know was coming. Yeah. And so when Ted does that, and he just sits there and takes it, and he's like, you're right, Nate. You're right. It's like, man, fuck. Like, this guy is so likable. And that's just one thing that I'm telling you about his progression throughout the show. And he definitely has his own problems, but like, the idea that he this dude can go through what he goes through and is just like a decent person. I understand it's written, but it is kind of like inspirational. So. Sure. It kind it's of, it's it a kind really of, good show. It's a it, really good show. Cool, cool, cool. It, it kind of sounds like the anti, like, Always Sunny. Like, Always Sunny is just really horrible people, like, acting really horribly and nothing affects them, whereas Ted Laszlo is sort of the, like, literal inverse of that. Of yes. <laughs> a very good person who tends to affect everyone around him. Yeah, the the idea of that would be, like you just said, in Sunny, there's a line where somebody comes in. Oh, is when Charlie writes a musical. Mm-hmm. Charlie comes in, he's like, hey, I wrote a play. And the first words they go are, who are we scamming? What's the scam? What's who the are deal? we getting over right. on? Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, that's actually a great analogy. Uh, there's a, a couple flaws with it. Um, I, without spoiling it too much, I think the people that they make into villains, um, some... I'm only I I'm about halfway through the final season, season three right now, uh-huh. so there might be a redemptive arc. But some of the the motivations of a certain character, I'll just say it: the motivations of Nate the Great kind of become a little bit shoehorned in. Okay, um, they, it's necessary, but it's kind of like necessary in terms of because they have to give 
Ted Laszlo an antagonist or, or some something to go off against a or, little or bit. bounce off against? A little bit, yeah. yeah. And so it's a little bit shoehorned in, but in the same vein, it is also, they do a good, a, a good enough job of letting him earn it. But it's okay. a little bit of a leap in logic of like, man, that was not the same character, which it is what it is. They also so like in, in terms of they explain why he makes the leap, but it's it, for you it doesn't make sense. Like it's not a, a logical progression, or it's, it's or, just or the inverse. You know, the the first one you said. Okay. It's just they explain it, but the leap of like, damn, this dude, he was so likable to begin with, and now you're like rooting against this guy. Sure. And, sure. and the whole point of the show is like you're not really rooting. I don't know if it's the whole point of the show. I shouldn't say that, but I find myself not really. They redeem people pretty quickly, and you're like they, they humanize people really quickly. I should say. Okay. And this person that is Nate the Great's kind of lost his humanity on things, and so I, I have a feeling they're going to stick the landing on it. But the turn to, for lack of a better word, villainy is a little bit shoehorned in. But okay. Other than that, like it's a fucking. I can't wait to watch the next episode. Sweet. So Sweet. I fully recommend it. It lives up to the hype. It's only three seasons. Three seasons. I think they're each like about forty-five to an hour a piece. How many episodes a season? I think ten or twelve. So oh, that's not terrible. Okay, yeah. so, I mean, you could probably marathon through that you in, get in, a, in, a, in a long weekend. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could get it done in a weekend. Okay. We've okay. done it in about a week, so it's you'll find yourself like, shit, one more? So, <laughs> Good. Which is I, a great thing to be. Man. I was going to say, those, those shows I simultaneously love and hate because I love watching them, but then I turn around and it's like, shit, it's 5.30 in the morning. Yeah. I just watched six episodes. Like, I gotta go to bed. Well, let me just watch ten minutes of the first, of, of the next episode. Yeah, it's... Let me just see the intro. Yeah. Oh, shit, it's shit. seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's that's this show, man. So it, it definitely lives up to the hype. I'm glad I... I've been trying to watch... Uh, I find myself all too often because Angie always claims that she doesn't care. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't care what we watch. So I try to find things that are um, not just like cartoons. Or kung fu flicks. Yeah, she knows at a certain time in the night, well, like, it's bedtime, and I'm just trying to fall asleep with the TV on to block out the too much silence. <laughs> I don't want to think my own thoughts. I yep, need noise. Yeah, I don't want to think yeah, my own thoughts. Yeah, need that's noise. What it is. So I, she knows when it's nonsense time. I'm like, all right, but so I'll, it's between. So Ted Lasso, I will actually give it. Um, I'll put it in the Premier League. Is what I'll do. Ooh, I'll put it in the, the Premier, Premier League. The Premier League. That's what all I'll right. do. It got out of relegation and went into the Premier League. Um, but no, so that is kind of the other reason. I watched a couple episodes of Friends. I've been putting on that on more. Okay. It's just because Angie's <laughs> do, always like, I don't... Do, 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 yeah. do, do, Angie's always like, I don't care what we watch. And so I usually just take that as a, I'll just watch whatever I want to watch that's mindless. <laughs> sure. And I was like, I should probably be more fair with this. So. Right, right, right. So, But I don't mind Friends. It's... I, I don't mind Friends. It was, it was just never my particular flavor of Kool-Aid. I, you know, like, I, I I don't know if it was a little too manufactured or if I was just, like, maybe just younger than the age group that they were going for or something like that. But, like, it just, it kind of missed me. I just, I, I never really got into it. It was never really, like, a thing where I was, I, I could never relate to it. it. Like, all of their problems just seemed so... I don't know. I hate to say, like pre-written or or but like just manufactured, contrived. Yeah, yeah, yeah just yeah. a little contrived. Like yeah, a little I bit. I mean, it's kind of the show, but I mean, uh, I knew it as my dad is is and always has been a huge Seinfeld fan. Yeah, it was the popular lead-in to Seinfeld, and so. I watched a lot of Friends vicariously on his Seinfeld. It's like Friends, but for smart people. Yeah, uh, I, I like Seinfeld, <laughs> but just like so, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with Friends, but 
like you said, I, I appreciated it, but it was never like one of those. I was never a diehard and like yeah. friends fan, but they exist. Trust me. Oh, so. oh they do. Oh, and they I get do. it though. Actually, if, was Ross and Rachel on a break or no? Answer right now. Like I don't fucking I don't care. Like I hope they both got fucked. Who cares? Uh, yeah, I always thought in my memory, I always thought that they all dated each other at some point. And so <laughs> when I when we started watching it recently. I was like, when do uh, uh, Courtney Cox and David Schwimmer hook up? And Andrew was like, they're <laughs> brother and sister in the show. I was like, really? She's like, yeah. Like, but when do they hook up? Yeah, Hello. that'd be a fun episode. When do they do hey, that? Hey, stepsister. <laughs> so you got stuck in the washing machine again. <laughs> so yeah. So I've been doing that, watching a little bit of Friends. And we were out of town, and we also watched uh, Billy Madison. I love that. Dude, I fucking I love that. Oh, hello, Mr. The Penguin. penguin. <laughs> I see what's happening here. I just enjoy one particular scene. Wait, that was Billy Madison. That was Billy Madison. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Billy Madison is the most juvenile of it. <laughs> Rest in peace, Norm MacDonald. Nudie Magazine Day. Yeah. Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> I hold on to weird things. Jugs, huge tits, old grannies. Meh. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what'd you do today, Billy? Drink 40... Which I forgot to do something today. Drink 40 margaritas? No, you remember to do that. <laughs> but if you haven't noticed, I hold on to weird things in movies. And there's one scene transition that has made me laugh and will always... And I still will sing it randomly. And it's when he's like, Billy passed the third grade. Oh, what a glorious day. When Billy passed the third grade. The Billy Madison way. <laughs> and he's like, you rock off. <laughs> that little song that goes into his graduating the third grade has stuck with me forever. I was and Angie was like mid-conversation. I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. And I cranked it. <laughs> All right. Go ahead again. <laughs> I was going to say, I always love the little, uh, I got my shoes tied tight, yeah. my lunch bag yeah. tight. Yeah. Hope I, I don't, don't get into a fight. Yeah. First day of school. First day of school. <laughs> Hope everyone thinks I am cool. Yep. Adam Sandler being Adam Sandler. And also, shout out to Chris Farley for the delivery of that Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. <laughs> and when he takes his shirt off and does the ooh, like with That's the right. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> yeah. Movie actually oh, so holds Veronica Vaughn. That was uh, the same chick that played Sonya Blade yes, it was. in uh, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. I almost yeah. said Street Fighter, but I she was is still smoking hot. Yeah, yeah, she was then in Mortal Kombat too, and yeah, I can't remember the actress's name, but but you know who we're talking yeah. about. Sonya Blade and yeah, Veronica Vaughn. But no, that movie actually holds up. I remember that being so associated with the '90s, and it is very childish. But oh, of course. I mean, this was this was when uh, Adam Sandler was white hot. I mean, yeah. like was he was like, just coming off of SNL. I mean, yeah. I think I think Billy Madison might have been his foray, and then he followed up with Happy he, Gilmore. He did Overboard was his first like, hey, can this guy hold a That's picture? Right. That's right. He did that, and then it was Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, and then. I still think his best movie in terms of like being funny, but actually like is uh, the Wedding Singer. I I would agree. With uh, that. I think that's. I'm not. I all respect to Adam Sandler. I love the fact to this day that he's like I get to make movies with my friends. Mm-hmm. Like fucking shout out to that. Like what a great. Game. But I mean, even before that, you know, he was showing up in SNL movies. He was having bit parts here and there. You know, 
he was showing up in Rob Schneider, uh, Schneider stuff, and, I think and it was the, yeah, Kevin Nealon stuff. So yeah, so he you know bit parts. He, he had a bit part in Dirty Work with Norm Macdonald. So yeah, <laughs> Chris Farley did. That's the Saigon whore that bit my nose off. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> directed by Bob Saget. That was directed by yeah. Bob Saget. Dirty yeah. work that is. Note to also, self: Sex with Blow Up Doll, not uh, as good as real thing. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, you know who directed Billy Madison? Directed another very popular movie that we've watched a lot of times. Was it Coppola? Nope. Oh, I don't know. Tamara Davis, who directed Half Baked. Oh, really? That's why the lady in there that's like, if pee in your pants is the coolest, call me Miles Davis. Got it. That's the same chick that's like, uh, the same grand- grandmother character that's like uh, in Half Baked. It finds out next door his grandmother's token up. And it's good for arthritis, that's too. Right. Okay, okay. See how I pieced that together many, many years ago? All right, okay. Interesting connection, right yeah, on. Yeah, directed, same director. I wonder if that, if they're related somehow, like or she's you, casting her grandma or something like that. Or you just, hey, I like working with her. Yeah, maybe. Just funny on set, cool to be around, whatever. Why not? So, yeah. But no, I, Billy Madison, it holds up though, man. Eric drinks his own pee, still made me laugh. When he's writing on the board all those formulas and stuff, and then he walks away and it just. <laughs> Eric drinks his own pee. At no point did you attempt to answer the question in a coherent manner. We are all dumber. We are all dumber. For ha- you have completely wasted this audience's time, and we are dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your souls. Seems a little harsh. A simple no would have worked. Simple no would have worked. But what do I know? Fucking yeah. <laughs> nuts. Yeah. yeah. I forgot about this. Anyway. Category three. My wife is a dirty cheating whore. Yeah. He's like burning poop in the effects on the human psyche. It's like he's crossing his fingers. He's like, holy. Or in the human reaction is what it is. Just burning bags of poop in the human his reaction. And just crossing his fingers like, come on. Come on. Burning that poop. one. That one. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, silliness. I will rate uh, that movie one delusional penguin. Oh, hello, Mr. Let's penguin. see what's going on here. Uh, do you want to take a break? So sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Uh, do you want to take a break? Yeah, let's uh, let's uh, t- take a break, and then we'll talk about something that we have seen together: some Apollo Creed movies, yes, or sorry, uh, Adonis Creed. Adonis movies. Creed. Movies. That's right. Yeah. So uh, uh, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. Uh, Let's go with our sponsor, Freon. Not just a delicious drink, also keeps you cool. And we are back. We want to thank our sponsor, Freon. Freon, let's fight global warming with more air conditioning. Oh, God bless it. I know, right? right? It's fucking dog (laughs) days of summer. Uh, So, as uh, we'll spare you the upcoming 4th of July movie marathon that Michael's going to watch, which, which what will it be? I actually, I don't know, I'm going to play, play that. i try to shake it up a little bit. I'm definitely going to watch Jaws just because it's been a minute. Uh, I was thinking I haven't seen um, uh, Independence Day 2 in a long time, so I might re-watch that one. Just might, might do a, a back-to-back of ID1 and ID2. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on yeah, that one. We'll yeah, keep, we'll see. I was just we'll curious. Uh, what's also very American is the, the trousers in which the boxer... Adonis Creed wears. Oh, the living in America. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we you watched Creed one, two, and three, right? I did back to back to back. I have seen Creed one and two. I have an interest in three, but John Wick four was out. Mario came out, and it, 
it eluded me, and I have not seen it yet. It happens. It happens to the best of us. But I, I feel comfortable enough talking about one and two. So, what are your thoughts, man? Well, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, First Creed is basically it's it's a successor to the original Rocky movies. Uh, you know, which let's be honest, kind of ran themselves into the ground the longer they went on. Yeah, I mean, they did. probably like, I mean, once you get past Rocky three, it's all downhill from there. Just because Rocky Three is the best Rocky movie ever made. Oh, is it? Is oh, it, it is. You said they're all downhill from Rocky Three, like it was downhill, and then it peaked at Rocky Three, and then went right back to the garbage. <laughs> I mean, just my humble opinions. Yeah, but yeah. but so so basically, it's the story of the illegitimate son of Apollo Creed, played by uh, Carl Weathers, in the original movies. The illegitimate son of Apollo Creed, Adonis Creed. Uh, who is trying to come up through the ranks as an amateur boxer? He and and just sort of it, it's 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 the Rocky story retold through sort of a the, the black perspective, but also through the history of someone coming from nothing and and gaining everything. You know. Um, it, it's it's it, it's almost like Fresh Prince of Bel Air meets Rocky in terms of a little bit. taken from the slums into sort of a a uh, not decadent. What's the word I'm looking for? But uh, but upper class lifestyle, a, a little bit more a uh, uh, little bit more financially secure lifestyle, and then what he does with that. Yeah, he fights is what he does. Yep. Uh, no, I. I will say this. I saw Creed in theaters, and I remember walking out of the theater being like, "That's was the contender for the best movie I was going to see that year. Mm-hmm. Admittedly, it's really, really good. Yeah. Like, I, I still think it was. It was that and Joy, and I think The Revenant came out the same year. Sure. I think. If I, why, if so, another one of those things. I'm, I think The Revenant might have been the next year, but it was really yeah, close. Fuck you. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I think... <laughs> Yeah, I think it was, I know Joy and Creed came out the same year. I think Revenant was the next year. But either way, I remember leaving the theater thinking, like, that was the best, like, same feeling I kind of had with when I walked out with everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm-hmm. I was like... Just inspirational. And, yeah, and just like, that's going to be tough to beat this year. Sure, sure. Like, it, and admittedly, it is a really, really well shot movie. I mean, Ryan Coogler is the does, man. does a phenomenal job. I really love the aspect of... Every time uh, Adonis Creed meets a new opponent, they give his stat, they give their stats and, and sort of their, their bona fides on the screen of like, you know, 2013 Golden Gloves champion, undefeated in over 30 matches, or, you know, a, a 36 and 2 and 29 knockouts victories, you know, what, whatever. Um, so it really sort of tells a tale of the tape when, when, Adonis is going up against their opponent, and so you really understand the gravity and the, the importance of the match. Of, of like, it's it, it's a ladder match. It's he's he's climbing rung by rung to achieve his goal, which is ultimately to be the respected fighter that his father once was. It's he struggles with making not only a name for himself, but bringing. I mean, because his dad was killed in the ring. Sure, you know, to bring glory to. 
to his father as well. So, but it's also very much like, man, fuck him. He didn't do nothing for me. So it, this is a yeah, me out there. Like, like in the but very coming be- to terms with that of like whether you like it or not, you are still your father's ilk, as it were, or yeah, cut yeah. from the same cloth, and you still have his legacy, whether you want to bear it or not. Well, it, it's this interesting dynamic of in the beginning of the movie, he he's going by his mother's maiden name, you know, yeah, Johnson yeah. or or, yeah, or yeah, something yeah, like something that. Like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It, it's, it's Donnie Johnson and not Adonis Creed. Um, so there's there's this initial rejection of his father's legacy in terms of no, I'm going to make it on my own and I'm going to, you know, forge my own name, forge my own career because I'm not bound by my father's shadow. And then as soon as he gets the opportunity to wear, you know, basically, long story short. There's a, a huge uh, title fight that comes up, and just like in Rocky, one of the fighters has to drop out last minute, and so they're scrambling to find somebody, and they land on Donnie Johnson, who you know they they immediately make the comparison to like, oh, it's just like Rocky. It's giving some unknown fighter the the chance of a lifetime to make good, and then as the story progresses, they realize his family history and who he really is and then they immediately try to cash in on it and go oh no you got to use the creed you got to use name. the creed last name like if it, it's we'll it, sell it, way more to yeah you're pretty it, much not going to fight it, it's you, a deal or no deal yeah. unless you do the creed name and, and so basically he's faced with well do i accept my father's legacy and try to forge you know fight in his name and his honor or do i do my own identity and and so it's a really it's a father-son struggle, but the father and son never have an interaction. So it's a really, really interesting, cool dynamic. Also set to the backdrop of an underdog fighter trying to claim the championship. And Rocky also, uh, still, Sylvester Stallone, mm-hmm. in an Oscar-nominated role um, mm-hmm. for his final time as Rocky. Um, yeah, um, as a best supporting actor. Uh, is training Adonis the whole time. Um, very guerrilla style like he did and, and you know runs with him every day and I love he's like what's up Unk what's up Unk yeah, uh, yeah every yeah, day he's yeah. like why you call it's, me that it's, they have this really great initial scene where Adonis goes to meet Rocky and they have this really awkward introduction to where Adonis basically has to explain his story and say like I, you have to be the one to train me because if I'm going to fight in my father's legacy, you are the closest person to that. Like you guys are so intricately intertwined that no one else will do. And you know, of course, Rocky says, "No, I'm done, kid." You know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And he's like, "Well, how about you just tell me how to work out?" He's like, "All right, you shadow box for 15 minutes. You do this. You do that. You work the bag for 12. Here's a ball. Carry yeah, it with you yeah, everywhere. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. So." Yeah, kind of gives him a couple pointers, but slowly gets roped into it. Of, of course, it, you know, typical Rocky movie. Like, you know, you know, it, it, as soon as I think I'm out, they keep pulling me back in, and, yep. and and Rocky going for one last shot at glory. Maybe not in the ring, but vicariously through this kid, he can sort of redeem himself and redeem his legacy as a competent fighter, not just somebody who made good and made the best of it you yeah know? and like he got, runs, got lucky and, and ran with it you know right and he runs like a restaurant now i think yeah adrian's yeah adrian's yeah yeah that's right yeah. that's right um no i i fucking love that movie man and it i guess we could kind of do them all in one fell swoop but like sure in 
Let's get it, into it. It, it kind of bleeds into the whole father son struggle. Kind of bleeds into the second movie. Who the first one was directed by Ryan Coogler. The second one was directed by Stephen uh, Capel or Capel Jr. C A P L E. Capale. Capale. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and uh, very similar to the first movie uh, tonally, but uh, in it he fights the son of Ivan Drago. Victor Drago. Victor Drago. Yeah, who, yeah, as yeah, you yeah. know, in Rocky Four, Ivan Drago killed. Adonis Creed. Apollo Creed. Apollo Creed. I'm right. sorry. Yeah, yeah. And Adonis' thing is he's he's still part of... I can't... I was going to bring it up for movie one, but it's going to spoil it for movie two, so I just... Sure. Fuck it. Part of the reason why he's so mad at his dad is he's like, you didn't have to take that fucking fight, dude. You, mm-hmm. like, you died for nothing. Mm-hmm. Uh, ultimately. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and you left me fucking alone out here. You never claimed me. You never right. did shit. You never right. like... And then right. you died for nothing. Apparently in Adonis' history... Uh, Apollo he died. Had an, well, he had an affair, right? Yeah, he had an affair while while he was training in L.A. with Rocky, right? Um, and he, him, and Magic Johnson called some people. From the <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Irving. <laughs> oh, you rap scallion. Yeah, anyway, uh, anyway, but anyway, so apparently uh, Apollo died while Adonis's mom was. I want to say like. Three months, four months pregnant with him, so yeah. he d- so Apollo died without ever actually meeting his son, and then years later, um, Apollo's widow, played by the indomitable Felicia Rashad, yeah, it's good to see her getting work done. <laughs> Glad to see Felicia getting uh, out there. Michael was chomping at the bit to do that. <laughs> That's all getting cut. That, no, was, a, that was a joke for one. No, you're good. You're good. <laughs> but by the indomitable Felicia Rashad, yeah. um, plays Adonis's widow and basically brings in Adonis, uh, you know, like... Plays Apollo's of, widow. I'm, yeah. I'm sorry, Apollo's widow. Brings Adonis uh, out of the boy's home, basically says, like, you are the last part of my husband's legacy and I sort of owe it to you to give you the best life possible. Anyway, brings him out of the boys' home, and that's where his like real journey into boxing starts. Yeah. So yeah, um, but no. So in the second one, he he fights Victor Drago, mm-hmm. and it's the whole thing of like, dude, you fucking died for nothing, you know. And and so it, the weight of this being like now everyone's like, I'm supposed to redeem my father. Like, yo, he did this shit to himself. Right. But he also see he is pissed off. They're like, yo, your dad fucking well, murdered my dad. Because in because in. Within the context of the movie, both Ivan and Victor basically storm into the United States and call him out and being like, my father was denied his his chance at, at glory and, 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 and championships and accolades and became this broken husk of a man. Now, if I beat the son of the man that he beat, then it proves that we really are the indomitable force in boxing or basically sort of makes the sins of the father worthwhile by the victories of the son. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it does. It um, does. So, so basically they... You they, said that very fluently for off the top of your head. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to drop that. But no, good, good job, good job. But uh, yeah, sins, I'm sins in of that, the father redeemed. I got gotcha, you. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. Fortunately, I'm in that three drink range where I'm yeah. awesome at darts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Uh, so basically, they they force Adonis's hand in terms of like it, they basically cut a wrestling promo on him like come this Sunday I'm gonna beat your ass and you won't never you know I'll, I'll, you're never gonna be the same because I'm gonna beat you so like so he has to answer it he has yeah. to and so he's been taking pretty much and to, to rewind a little bit at the end of Creed one uh, he 
he was supposed to just be a punching bag. Like, right. he was like, you're supposed to be a fill-in, we'll give you a shot, but, like, it's like a million to one odds. It's, he ends up taking it, he gets the, the boxer who... who Conlon. Yeah, Conlon. Creed knocks him out, but he's saved by the bell. Right. And so, Creed loses the fight on points. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers, but whatever. Fucking, it's like 2000 and whatever. <laughs> but, um... So, it's basically the story yeah, well, of the original Rocky. Well, yeah, but it's, but the, the guy tells him, Conlon tells him, hey, man, you're the future of this sport. Mm-hmm. Like, don't get it twisted. Like, he earned his respect in that moment. Because all Creed had done was a bunch of, like... Underground fights in Mexico and or no, is that that's in un- two? No, that's in two, right? No, no, it's that's, that's a, in one. That's yeah. the first not yeah, underground, yeah. but like un WBA unsanctioned right, right. matches. A, a bunch of say. amateur, a few like semi pro kind of yeah, like, yeah, yeah, like in Mexico and other play where it's not like it doesn't really count on your record. Sure, in, in sure. terms of the WBA or whatever or whatever the belt holders are. Um, WNBA? Yeah, sure. Um, WCW? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, he's saying the sins of the father, though. And Adonis is, is very angry at this whole situation. Sure. You know? And so now he's made a name for himself. He's starting to win some fights. And then the championship fight comes up against... Uh, yeah, he, he basically... Again, spoilers. Just, he, he, we're we're going to spoil the yeah, movie by he now. Wins, he wins the, the middleweight championship, I want to say, like in the first third of the movie. Like the first... At, at the end of, of the Creed first two. act of, of Creed 2. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so that's when finally Victor and Ivan come through and start, you know, you know basically pulling Talking the club... shit. Ba- yeah, basically pulling the club or laying. Like, I don't respect... Adonis Creed because he has not fought me for the championship and if you look at my record compared to his I am the most indomitable pound for pound fighter that the world has ever seen and until he faces me he will never know a, a, a true challenger you know yeah. and, and big shout outs though, man the the standard of boxing movies has, has only gotten better mm-hmm. you know uh, Raging Bull it's more the story of the fight even Ali you know fucking Will Smith put on some he, he threw some hands in that for real but uh Especially in the first one, these movies are so well shot. Yes, in the boxing mat, in the boxing ring, it is fucking a really good just sports movie in terms of just like the commitment that Michael B. Jordan puts as Adonis Creed. Can I? I couldn't go any further without saying it. And yeah. these guys really take it seriously. In fact, in in Creed two, I think both of them are MMA fighters that they hired um, or, or are professional fighters. Yeah, yeah. That they exactly. hired to be in these roles as the bad guys of Conlon and, and Victor Drago. So, so they put in work, man, and it's and Michael B. Jordan put in his, in his commitment too. So I want to give a shout out on that, and it's Michael B. Jordan directs the hell out of the first one, um, and Stephen Capel Capel Jr. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm butchering your name, not trying to. I know you listen. Um, he does it very well in the second one as well. So I, I had to give a shout out to that. But yeah, yeah, for sure. And Michael and I are both big fans of letting a bot of combat. We've talked about it a million times, but the art of the martial. Right, uh, where you can right. tell a story through fighting. Um, I have a big respect for it, and this movie passes my test, and I'm pretty strict on stuff like that. So it, the fight sequences pass well, my test. In, in terms for of, sure. this movie does a great job of, as the battle progresses, as each punch is thrown, you see the psychology, you see the, the, the effect, you see the, the, the planning and the strategy each boxer has. And they... In a weird way, like it's it's something that unless you're a huge if you if you were to watch a, a regular boxing match, unless you were a fight fan or, or really understood the psychology of, of, of boxing, it just looks like two guys hitting each other. Right, right. And this movie does a really good way of 
I don't want to say dumbing down, but like highlighting the strategy and and presenting it for the lay people in terms of right. like this is why he's going, you know, throwing this punch and trying to block this one, or or you see the motion and the fluidity of the fight as it happens and the consequences and reactions each person has as they fight. Very well said. And not just that, but they also do a good job of capturing the ebb and the flow yes. of the fight, of it being like, oh man, like his back's against the ropes here, and then you start seeing him tag the other guy a couple times, and you're like, oh shit, Donnie just won this round. And, he right. was, and then right. he comes right. back, and he's like, oh, you're starting to feel for him, and then right. he gets and then his Conlin, ass whipped, and you're like, right. oh Conlin shit. comes back and beats his ass, or, or I'm sorry, Drago comes Whomever, back yeah. and, they and do it both. starts beating his ass again, and you're like, oh, well now Drago won this won this round so I think now are they matched up is it evenly matched is right you know how much damage is can Donnie really take in yes. this and in typical Rocky fashion like if you look at Rocky like the, the longer those movies go on like Rocky is like his eyeball is hanging out and he's like beating the <laughs> shit Call me Mick. Anyone would have, yeah. Anyone would have called that fight a sure. long time ago. So they still kind of hold on to some of that. It's not as dramatic as Rocky, but they still hold on to some of that. Like, oh, they're gonna allow these guys to beat the hell out of each other. But I will say this: between the emotion of the first one and they do a good job of um of like they do a better job in the second one than they do the first, but. He's already established in Crete too, Adonis is. And right. so like I said, he he wins the, the middleweight championship, I wanna say like midway through the first act. Yeah, but by the time that the final fight happens against Victor Drago, it feels like like you you know that like, oh, this is going to be the the rest of this movie. Sure. Like in Godzilla right. King of Monsters, for example, my problem was that is like you finally get all the monsters converging into I think Boston or what it was, and you're like, mm-hmm. about to see a fucking brawl. And then they keep cutting to Scooby-Doo and the gang on the ground. <laughs> and you're like, I don't give a shit. And this one, it's like, by the time... Fuck you, Eleven. <laughs> yeah, and so by the time that like you get to this, this, it feels like you are in the presence of a heavyweight bout. Yeah. Or, or, a, or a championship fight. Sure, I shouldn't yeah, say heavyweight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But a championship bout. And right, you're like, right. the personal stakes have, have climaxed to this point, and we're finna settle this, fit, this shit with our fucking fists. Right, right. And right, it's yeah, like, exactly. it feels like that. And so... It's it's really a lot of times people miss the mark on that of like yes I know that this is supposed to, the the same fight in the third in the first third of the movie yes it has weight and yes you're like oh cool you're rooting for it but it doesn't carry nearly the same weight that the final fight does sure, and so right. they do a really good job of, of capturing that and I want it's it's got to be a tough act as a director to do that so I wanted to, to mention that so. yeah yeah yeah. yeah. I fucking love the series, by the way. I, I haven't seen three. I, it was really high on my list. It just fell in a weird scheduling thing, and then I just by the time I had a free weekend, it was out of theaters. So right. I was like, it Fuck. was. It was a pretty good year for movies that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like John Wick four, and it was just there was a couple things that came out, so just didn't get around to it. It's on the list though. So, uh, so yeah. No, keep going though, man. Uh, I just random notes I have just so we can sort of touch stone on them. Uh, some things I noticed, like the theme of respect versus responsibility. Like Adonis during the movie has to face the consequences of his champion, like um, of his champion. Uh, I'm sorry, of his choices. I'm sorry, okay, okay. of his choices. Like, so basically, at the end, in the first in the first uh, act, it's he's struggling with being a father to his new daughter or being a champion. You know, like how much longer can I keep doing this? And and 
building a life and a do- and, and, and a, a security for my daughter versus at what point do I just become punch drunk and now I can no longer take care of my daughter yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. You know? um, Speaking of which, Tessa Thompson plays his love interest. Bianca, yeah. Bianca, and she is like a struggling artist and she's slowly... In the first movie. In the first movie, yeah, she's right. a struggling artist. By the, by the end of the third one, she's like... A major producer and, and, yeah. and but she's losing her hearing right right so, so it kind of parallels right right story. right it, yeah. it, it's very much like how much longer can I keep doing the thing I love versus at what point does it become a, a detriment, detriment to my health yeah. you know and she's awesome and, and both of the movies I saw Tessa Ag- Thompson agreed crushes it I love seeing uh, Killmonger hook up with Valkyrie yeah me too, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Um, but you know like and and again it it, it touches on the whole aspect of, you know, Adonis living through his father's legacy of Ivan killing his father, and or, and so and so now Victor, you know, it, it, it's a legacy of am I responsible for carrying on my father's legacy, even though I know it's a bad decision, even though everybody tells me like, yo, Victor is trying to kill you, like. Right. His, the way he's seeking redemption is not the same way that you are seeking redemption. He's out for blood and to hurt you and to end your career and possibly kill you just flat yeah. out, just repeat history. Why the fuck not? Because then at that point, his legacy surpasses yours and yep. your father's and all of that. And so at what point are you responsible for carrying on your father's legacy and just going like, you know what? Is it a pride I've, thing? I've had or, enough. Yeah, yeah. Or is it a pride thing? Look, like, no, fuck that. And it's like, eh, your pride could come before your the legitimate same, fall. The same yeah. thing that killed your father is yeah. the same thing that is going to cause you to accept this match and, and possibly yep. put yourself in danger. So yep. like, at what point do you eschew your father's legacy and go, you know what? I'm going to be better than my father. I don't have to fight. Yeah, and it's also, I mean, if you look at it realistically, it's like you spent all this time being mad at your dad. This dude's talking shit about your dad, and it's like, you don't even know the fucking guy. Right, right. So why you could just easily... So why do you care? Is it an ego thing? Is it a pride thing? And yes, yes it and is. And it's like, damn, my dad's name is kind of all the fuck I had, so... Yeah, and and, and that, that whole role of fatherhood and passing on legacy, like, during the movie, Rocky keeps telling... Uh, keeps telling Adonis like you don't want this like he's the one that's basically telling Adonis like Victor is coming at this from a different angle than you are like for this this is not just a fight for him this is a victory you know like in the truest combative sense and so the whole time Rocky just keeps telling him like you don't want this kid you can't do it like not necessarily saying that like he doesn't have confidence in him but he's just telling him like this is not the fight that you think it's going to be. Right. And, and he keeps trying to warn him. And Adonis is just like, no, I, I can do this. I can do this. Oh, well, why don't you believe in me? Why don't you believe me? Like, did you not, is the reason why you, you know, is the reason why you didn't stop the fight was because you believed in my father so much. Then why can't you give me right the same platitudes? You know? Right. Yeah. And to back in Rocky four, Rocky could have stopped the fight, but, between Adonis, Apollo, uh, yeah, Apollo and uh, Drago. Drago, yeah, but so he's but he like, didn't, yeah, but he didn't. Shame, shame, shame. Right, 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 right. Uh, so anyway, no, so, you're it, it, so the whole movie is is basically this really interesting father son dynamic about you know what is my legacy and and what is my heritage versus how much do I forge my own identity and it's it's a really interesting 
play dynamic that once again and I think you and I have talked about this like the best sports movies are real human stories they just right. happen to use the the subject of sports to tie it all together Ted Lasso kind of the same thing in the sense yeah. of it's about a football club. You see very little soccer actually go on. Like sure, on screen. sure. It, you do, but it's pretty limited for it being or, about or, a football Or like uh, Aronofsky's like The Wrestler yeah, you know, yeah, with, yeah, with Mickey yeah. Rourke. Like, yes, it is about pro wrestling and, and the fallout of, of you know what happens when the fame and the glory glo- goes away and all you're left with is a broken body and broken dreams. But also, it's kind of about wrestling. Yeah. You know? And so that's why I like this movie is when they do like, oh, also it's about boxing. You're like, oh yeah, you're rewarded. Sure, sure, sure. And it, and and they spend their time equally, equally uh, justifying and vaunting b- both parts. Like they 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 focus on the humanistic aspect of the of the movie and 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 sort of the human interactions and and how people are affected by the world around them and the and the decisions that they make. But then they spend just as much time equally devoted to the sport aspect and making it look good and making yeah, they it look do. cool and really understanding the whys and wherefores of why this particular thing that we're watching right now is so important. Carries weight, yeah. So, no, yeah. I, 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 again... Like, I've been trying to get you to watch Rocky 1 and 2, 2 for a long time. <laughs> I, I, I will say my only main problem with Rocky 2 is the ending's a little bit contrived in terms of... In Rocky of, 2 or Tom Creed I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Creed 2. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which is essentially whatever. He, he beats Draco. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, he beats Draco. He does, but it, 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 it's a little bit just... It, it relies a little bit too heavily on just the force of will of like, oh, well, if I can just take a punch, then, you know, I win. Whereas the first movie seemed to be a little bit more on Adonis sort of trying to hone his skill and, like, become the perfect boxer or become the perfect, like, his style of fighter. Whereas, whereas the second one just seems to be like, well, as long as you will it, you win. It's kind of like the secret or something. A, a little bit, but they kind of also, I do agree, and that's why I like the first one a little bit more. And I, and it also suffers just a, the same fate of a lot of sequels. The first one, I had zero expectations for. Mm-hmm. I, I appreciate Rocky. I am not a huge Rocky fan. Like, and I'm, I know, take away my Eagles card, but don't. Whatever. Um, but no, like, I, I appreciate Rocky. Like, I do. It's like, you, you have to. It's one of the greatest sports stories of all of all time. Um, but it wasn't, like, my absolute shit. But, like, when So When Creed hit, I was like, what? It made me love Rocky even more. I was like, oh, yeah, those movies were pretty fucking good. You know, they got a little drawn out, but they kind of dragged. But, like, it was the, the fucking breath of fresh life that it needed. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it definitely so rejuvenated they, the whole series, for sure. And so, I mean, it does kind of become like a Will thing, but it's like you hear Sylvester Stallone give the speech about Will like 40 times throughout the first two movies. Right, so, right. at some point... It's not, it, about, it, it's not about getting hit, it's about how many times you can get, get back up. Yeah, you can get hit and keep moving forward. So, at some point, everything he's saying, and like you said earlier, it's not just a fight of skill. It's just, it's a different... You can't approach it in the fight of technique. This has to be a, like, you have to want this more than him. So, yes, it is a little bit Hollywoody, but it had to pay off at fucking some point. Because sure, you've heard about it for sure. damn near two movies now. Sure. So. I, I do agree with you, though. But, yeah. But yeah. one is, like I said, but between one and two, though, it does kind of suffer the same fate. Like, one came out of nowhere and was like, what the, like, Guardians of the Galaxy almost like, what the fuck is this? Like, right. this shit is incredible. Like, and we're giving you two, you're like, sign me up. So it was hard to capture that first 
element of surprise as the first one did because I had expectations now. And the bar had been set. Like, again, Creed 1 is my shit. Like, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, one of the few movies I haven't watched to hell and back to abuse it. But <laughs> every time I watch it, I, I fucking vibe with that movie. So anyways, but Creed 3. I have not seen this, so your thoughts on it. The floor is yours. Okay, so just basic synopsis is... Uh, and spoil it. You're good. Okay, okay. Yeah, so this is going to be major heavy spoilers just because there's no way to talk about the, the legacy of the trilogy right. without spoiling stuff. So... Uh, take your time. Go watch the entire trilogy. That shit was awesome, right? Uh, it is. That was dope, right? Remember that one part when he hit that guy and you were like, what? I thought that was a funny joke. I'm anyway. smiling. I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> I, know. I thought you were going to keep going. Anywho, so basic synopsis, basic synopsis of uh, Creed 3 is uh, it takes place, the, the opening scene is Creed finally winning the heavyweight world championship, and it's his final match. He basically decides, after this, I'm done. Jumps to, I want to say, like, seven or eight years later, and he's running the Delphi Gym. It's He's basically turned it into the, like, Planet Fitness for boxers or Gold's Gym for, for boxing or, or whatever. It, it's this huge nationwide chain He's running promotions. He's he's setting up his own fighters. So basically, he's moved into the like managerial or promotional side of, of, of the aspect of boxing. And then out comes Damian Dame Williams. What was his? Not seen three. We call him uh, Jonathan Majors. Jonathan Majors. So Diamond Dame comes out of prison and turns out that he and Adonis Creed have a whole backstory. Where, long story short, uh, Dame went to prison over some shit that they were both involved in and got locked up for, I think, 18, 19 years. Comes out, he's in his late 30s, and he's looking to start his boxing career and basically proceeds to clubber Lang all over Adonis Creed. Yeah, in what way? Uh, Calls him out in terms of, this was the life that I was supposed to have, and... used to carry my gloves for me while I was going to the ring. You looked up to me. I taught you everything you know. And you took that from me. And now I'm here to take everything from you. Some old Tupac shit. Legitimately. And proceeds to not only prove his worth. It's it's almost the, the inverse Rocky story. Uh, uh, Dame gets very similarly called up to fulfill a last minute dropout huge you know huge profile match wins it very single-handedly launches a career for himself and immediately gets a world title shot where he basically says this title doesn't mean anything because I still haven't faced Adonis Creed and that's the one I want and so the entire movie is basically Adonis trying to justify like well I don't really owe this guy anything you know versus like he's kind of talking some real shit and so he uh, is kind of Clubber Lang-esque a little bit very much just with a more personal tie though very much more personal tie yeah Yeah, yeah, Clubber Lang was just some dude like he never calls out his wife and is like hey woman why don't you come get with a real man woman but like very close yeah yeah very close you know he, he finds a way to like dig in the subtle knife from the you know from the hug from behind right um uh yeah Directed by Michael B. Jordan, his directorial debut. Yeah, which, good for you, man. 
Yeah, I, I, I love not? that guy, man. Yeah, absolutely. Apparently, he had a conversation with Sylvester Stallone where he was sort of seeking advice on the movie and like, like at, at as the trilogy was going on, he was sort of like asking Stallone for like career advice and stuff. And basically, Stallone said like, "What you got to do is direct. Like, they're never gonna. You're you're always replaceable. You're always gonna be. You know, like they can bring in a new fighter, whatever, whatever." But if you start directing your own movies, you're irreplaceable. And so Michael B. Jordan took that to heart. And I got to say, for a first outing, knocked it out of the park, man. Like, there's not really a whole lot of notes I can say. A few, like, quips and qualms here and there in terms of um, just the way certain shots are set up and stuff like that. But I get what he was going for. He was going for a much more dynamic... A lot, a, a, a much more bombastic approach. Uh, approach. It, I could it, tell that from the trailer a little bit. Yeah, it, it's like Raging Bull, like you said, focuses a lot more on like the intricacies of the stories and the characters and the interactions between. Whereas this one, like even during the fighting sequences, they shot them in slow mo and at and a lower frames per second, so that like when they're throwing uppercuts or throwing hooks or something like that, like you're seeing beads of sweat falling off the guy's face you're seeing the impact you're seeing the shock wave as it you know rattles through the guy's face you're seeing the spurts of blood and this that the other in high definition and and very vivid detail so it's very yeah, they didn't slow-mo in one or two did they no no no, no. not really no no i mean Shot shot it at a slower frame per second but not to the degree that this one does right right I got you. Yeah, because I was going to, we were talking a little bit earlier. Um, I know that this is not a, a knock on the director, uh, Stephen Capel Jr. of Creed 2, but I mean, Creed 1 was done by Ryan Coogler, who, let's just be real, is might be one of the greatest working directors today. I mean, the dude uh, knows how to he shoot knows how action to, yeah. sequence. Yeah. I mean, between that, Black Panther, Fruitvale State, like, dude knows what's up. Um, and then Stephen Capel Jr. kind of, in my opinion, tried to. He, and he definitely, there was some differences tonally, but he, it was a little bit more of an imitation of Ryan Coogler, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Sure. Because if he, you're going to imitate, that's not a fucking bad guy to do. But, but I think he was more hired, I, I think he was hired specifically for that reason in terms of like, we can't afford Ryan Coogler. Yeah. Can you do a Ryan Coogler shoot? And he went, sure, I yeah. can do that. I think, well, Ryan Coogler was still the executive producer, so. Sure, probably, but, yeah. but, but they, 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 they basically yeah. just couldn't afford him to like. Or he was busy or whatever, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Um, so who's making Black Panther two? Whatever. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, um, and that's not that's not a shot on on no Creed no, no not at all. But I so Creed three it seems to be like dude kind of spread his own wings a little bit. Mm-hmm. So that's good, man. No, it's and just to just to be real though, like it's such a what an interesting school to come from. Where obviously, I mean, Ryan Coogler has so much to do with the Creed franchise. I think he still is the executive producer of three. I know he had yep. story credit on two as well. I think or yeah. writing credit, one of them. Yeah, um, like like basically, somebody wrote a script and then they gave it to him for final pass in terms of like, hey, does this tie into? Yeah. Or he had the story and had somebody write one of the. He's like one of the gatekeepers of the sure, Creed franchise. Sure. So to come for Michael B. Jordan to have the school of thought of modern director. Ryan Coogler mm-hmm. on on one side of your corner being like, "Hey, boss, I you know not literally boss, but as a friend thing, like, sure. hey, hey, my dude, uh, trying to figure out how to do this shot. You got any ideas? 
to have him on one side and fucking Sylvester Stallone right, exactly. on the other. What an interesting school of yeah, direct. Yeah, so yeah. I was very interested. Very classic see. cinema beats, very new school. Like yeah. it's it's almost this weird blend of like like the 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 the, the intimacy scenes between you know Bianca and, and Adonis or 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 between um, Dame and Adonis or 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 whatever like the the, 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 the the personal settings very much a classic style and then the action sequence action sequences are very much in a very modern like almost like fast and furious style or John Wick style where more stylized and choreographed very slick very glossy very uh, like they highlight the the action in a way that sort of shows the progression of the storyline through like like you said like 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 a ballet like I, I have to dance my way across the stage and how do I get from stage left to stage right in a graceful manner that makes sense to the audience yeah whereas the more like personal like dialogue driven scenes are very much more raging bull or francis ford coppola or very like low camera angles looking up at people to show tension and very you know over the shoulder one shot two shot kind of thing you know to to show the dynamic and the the friction between the two characters just based on the dialogue you know right um whereas like the so for example in the in the final bout between Dame and Adonis there's a scene where I think it's round 11 or round 12. It's, it's, it's very late in the fight and they're both just beat up and, 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 and tired of each other. And it's this conflict of styles where Dame has this style where he, he, you expect him to to be this very brutal fighter. And his style is he focuses on a joint or a ligament or whatever. Like in, in, in his opening bout, he focuses on the, I think it's the sh- the elbow or the shoulder of the fighter, and he just keeps picking at it, picking at it, picking at it, right. picking at it, picking at it. And so finally, in the final round, you know, the fighter goes to throw a, a left jab, and Dame just clocks him right, right mm-hmm. in the shoulder, and knocks his shoulder out of socket, or breaks his shoulder, or whatever it is. Right, right. And so it's not a matter of pa- he's just a brutal technical fighter he he, he it's not a slug fest it's, it's not a, it's methodical but he also is a fucking like right, right. stand up toe to toe fighter but while he's standing toe to toe with you he's picking a spot whereas Adonis is very much more f- not necessarily flash but speed and efficiency and almost like a Bruce Lee style right, fighting right. Of, of just like I'm gonna Bane Batman as it were Exactly. Yes. Bane could yes. have just gone toe to toe and just been like, "I'm just going to beat the brakes off of you," which he ends up doing. But it's also like, I also know what I'm doing. Right. Right. Yeah. Very, and why right. I'm doing it. Right. Yeah. Right. I got. You. Yes. Very much. And and that's sort of one that's of the things. I'm here for you, Michael. That that's one of the that's one of the things is like these fight sequences, the these boxing sequences have a lot more in common with like the Winter Soldier or the Captain America oh, really? series as opposed to like a Rocky series where it's just like it's a little bit interesting pivot though yeah but but but, but you know what I mean just you would there, think there, that there's, that a, there's a stylistic difference I gotcha I, you would on paper you would think that that wouldn't work you know just because you picture Rocky as such a slugfest kind of thing not very glossy and pretty no but if but, it works it works so that, that's an interesting pivot 
Yeah, it's 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 like I said that this movie is very much different stylistically or like directorially than the other two. Well, hey, good for you, it's, Michael it's, B. Jordan. It's almost it's almost a weird pivot, but he finds a way to make it work. Do they stick the landing? They do. They okay. do. There's. I think that once they stick the landing, they should have bailed out and just run credits. To to its detriment, I think it runs a little bit too long. Like, spoiler alert, but like after the fight, there's a scene between Dame and Adonis where they sort of have this like, yeah, man, we went through some shit, right? Like, yeah, but we're cool. Yeah, we are. That we didn't really need. That's like, Rocky one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's like. So we're gonna do this, ding, 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 ding. Right, right. I no bill. I hear no bill. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, but yeah, it's it's a really good story. I I really I think Jonathan Majors as a villain, I totally buy him. I get his motivation. It seems a little bit over the top at times in terms of like the point when he turns heel. Is is almost comedic. It's 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 almost very a little bit broadcast like. a little bit a little what is it like broadcast like oh, not broadcast but just 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 the, the way it happens it's very comic book oh yeah it's very like ha ha it was me the whole time and you never knew and they were like what oh yeah yeah I think yeah I got gotcha. you I know gotcha. what I mean I'm with you so like of course you see it coming but just in the manner that it happens you're like eh, probably could have dialed that back just a little bit like in a in a, in a movie where the subtleties and each actor's interactions with each other not only in the ring but on a personal level is equally important that was probably dialed up a little bit too much a little too spoon fed a little too much a little much yeah, yeah. 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 a heaping but, scoop as opposed to just a little nibble off the spoon sure like it was almost like too much hot sauce. You know what I mean? Gotcha. Like you hot just sauce need... is the best. First, off. it is hot sauce is the best. Shout out to any. Shout... <laughs> but like, but like, yeah, who won was... the basketball game? By the way, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's good. Go I can't wait to see him with hair extensions. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> but like, it was one of those like a little dab of hot sauce was all you needed, and then you were like, well, if one dab of hot sauce is good, then like fourteen is gonna right. be great, right? Well, You're yeah. like, Okay. A little heavy, yeah. A little yeah. heavy-handed, yeah. All I'm tasting is Louisiana hot sauce now. I got gotcha. you. No, I got gotcha. you. Well, okay. No, I'm, I'm all about seeing this movie. As I've mentioned before, I'm... I'm it's worth it. I'm to, a huge to fan. To its credit, it is a great closeout on, on a trilogy. Like, it ends on a really good, solid note. It really sticks the landing. And, and it pays off all of the things that we had talked about in terms of like responsibility and the sins of the father and sort of what is my legacy and what am I really leaving behind versus forging my own path. And, and it ties all of the things that the themes and, and, and motives of the previous two movies and really just puts a nice ribbon on it. So, and then also kind of leaves it open for maybe there's going to be another Creed movie with his daughter who, might be a pretty decent boxer come down the line. Let's yeah, see. I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it. The one thing about the the Rocky franchise as well as the Creed franchise is if you look at it from a non-Hollywood lens, if you just are a fan of sports, and this is pretty much across the board, mm-hmm. is eventually, no matter what level of dominance you have, especially in fighting, like look at Ronda Rousey, look at people, eventually you get old mm-hmm. and somebody, the new you comes along right. who's 
There's always a faster, fast, a faster, stronger, bigger. And right. it's just, and you just, you There's age out of it. There's always a new gunslinger coming in. Yeah, and you just age out of it. And so the fact that they can keep these movies, like, interesting, and when you ultimately know the outcome, like, any form of realism in the movies, like, this is what, because this is the story of every fighter ever. Sure. You eventually get too old to do it. It's like, you had a good run, and you just, you got to figure out when to hang up the jersey, because eventually it gets sad. Right. Like, going out there. You don't want to be Joe Montana, who's, like, getting concussed. Yeah, or, I'm sorry, not uh, uh, Steve Young, who's getting concussed every time he goes out, and you're like, "Hey, man, like I know we're paying you 16 million dollars, but like you're missing weeks at a time." And like, yeah, it just gets sad after like, a certain point. I know that you're throwing for 150 yards every play, but also you can't remember the street you live on. So right, right. And what do we do here? And not just that, like the ultimate goal of, of anybody who's a sports fan is we all want to see our people retire at the top. For example, John Elway won two Super Bowls back to back retired. Mm-hmm. Peyton Manning. It's like, I won a final Super Bowl in Denver. It's like, I'm out. Like that's what we all strive to. It usually doesn't happen that way. Sure, usually right. it's like you, you try to have one more push for your final glory sure. and it just gets sad to watch. One that more is, match. Yeah. One more match. And it just gets sad to see. Cause you're like, Oh, these are my heroes. And you're like, Oh man. Like when Jordan came back, we're in the four or five, he still averaged, you know, 18, 20 a game, whatever. But it, but wasn't, it wasn't the same. It wasn't 96 Jordan. Uh, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Like it's, it's one of those like, yeah, he's good, but so. he ain't putting up the same numbers that yeah. made me fall in love with him. You the know the what jump I mean? man doesn't quite have the jump, doesn't yeah, quite have the pivot. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you just yeah, got to yeah. figure out when to hang it up before it gets too sad. And so it's, it's, I just always thought that was interesting in terms of the Rocky franchise of like, that is the story. That is the overwhelming theme of all of these. And so the fact that you can make it run for what is it nine movies now? Well, it's 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 a like shout out to Father Time. Like time is undefeated. And sure, so yeah, yeah. That's yeah. the fact that you can do that for nine movies when it's like any person who knows anything about sports, like this is what we're up against. So of course, so good for right, him. Right. Good yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. And, and and like I said, like it's 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 almost so meta that. I mean, like you said, it's it's time catches up with all. So it's like undefeated. Rocky, Rocky ran itself into the ground to where all of a sudden, like they had to pass the torch into a new generation yep. to be like, we're not the same fighting champion we were, but maybe we can vicariously rejuvenate a little bit of interest into ourselves by passing on the torch to this new cat. You go, and, and the new generation has the responsibility of go, we recognize your contributions. The game was not the same when you entered and when you left. Right. You know right. what I mean? Right, right. And right. so we, we see that. We're taking, but. Young now blood, my time. Yeah, son. exactly. Now so, it's my time. So that's why I fuck with because. Super like you said, kick party. <laughs> so like you said, it is incredibly meta in terms of, of it being a franchise like that. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm a big fan of the Creed franchise, and so I'm, I'm glad yeah. you, we finally get to have this talk. For sure, for so. sure. I think if you're a fan of the Rocky franchise, you're especially... Fan of sports the, movies. Or, or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Or even just... Why do you like movies? Fuck yeah, it. just good movies in general. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go... <laughs> like how we walk that back. <laughs> you know what? We just love movies. Fuck it, if you're bored. <laughs> <laughs> if you got nothing better to do... Creed franchise. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and rank that um, 12 rounds. Nice. One comeback. Okay. And one legacy. Ooh. That's good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in. Yeah, I think that's I think it's a fair synopsis. I like it. 
uh, who was Rocky's manager? That was Mickey. Fuck, that was fucking up all his money. That was Burgess Meredith. Oh, oh no, uh, uh, Polly. Polly. Happy birthday, Polly. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I will rate. I love that robot. That's the star of that movie. Oh yeah. On the scale of, this is gonna be a weird one. So y'all have to bear okay. with me. Okay. Go ahead. Lay it on me, son. I would rate the Creed franchise. Polly really fucking up Rocky's money. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Really fucking up his money. That's how I would rate that. So. Good, good moves. Good moves. <laughs> no, I'm so glad we got to talk Creed finally. For right? sure, for so, sure. Yeah. Go ahead and watch Creed 3 so we can actually will, talk will, about it. It's, it's on the list. It's actually... It's, and I promise I'll watch The Machine and, and John, John Wick and, Four Super, and Mario. Super Mario. Oh, you did watch Super no, Mario. No, I didn't. No. Uh, what was the other one? Uh, I got a bunch on my list, too. Yeah. And Schindler's List, and I got to watch. <laughs> Just saw it the other day, actually. Oh, no, you didn't. No, I didn't. <laughs> Him and her got it on. <laughs> no, they didn't. No, they didn't. On that note... We are going to sign out for The Marvelous Mike D. I am MD3. Uh, go watch a movie. And talk about it with somebody that you love. That's our mom calling. we got to go. <laughs>